Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's go out to the movies. Let's go out to the movies. Let's go out to the movies. Talk some shit about the movies that we watched. It's the songs goes off the rails. And to that point, it becomes a different song. Grab the knife and take your sister's life. Yes, that's right. The thrill of the <laughs> movies. Grab your bucket of popcorn and your favorite carbonated beverage because Wizard and the Bruiser are taking you to the magic of cinema and all of your favorite summer movie releases. I'm Jake Young, <laughs> movie critic from the Times uh, Gilbert Press. And of course, uh, after the newspaper shut down, I had a regular stint on <laughs> GamerFuck.org. Uh, if you might remember me from gamerfuck.org. Weird choice because it was a geared for children. Hi, I'm Holden McNeely, and I would like to retract my statement that I made in the song that I just sang about grabbing a knife, taking the life of your sister. Don't agree with that. Don't Holden, think you do that. Holden, please. You're not a gay character in the background of a Disney movie. There's no need to <laughs> censor yourself. <laughs> Take off her clothes. <laughs> Um, that's right. I'm a priest with a boner over here and I've got a big boner to pick with uh, some of these films and some high praise. Why don't we start with something I have a feeling we're both going to give two thumbs up to. Um, and that would be the filmic experience that is Prey. It is on Hulu right now. So you don't even have to, you know, well, I guess you, yes, you have to get a Hulu account, but it's pretty low bar to entry. I'm actually a little sad I didn't see this film in theaters, though. I absolutely love Prey. This is, of course, a Predator. Um, what would you even call it? A prequel, I guess? A squeakquel. They. There's technically prequel elements with like the little flintlock pistol that shows up in the Danny Glover Predator 2. Uh, but it's it's not even a I it, think of it as more of a reimagining because yeah, it does follow the spirit of the first Predator movie uh, much more closely, I feel like, than any appearance of the Predator has since. You know, this isn't the out of this isn't the gonzo sci-fi-ness of the Alien versus the Pre versus Predator movies. This right. isn't the insane, dear God, I can't even unpack all the weird choices made in the Shane Black the Predator reboot. I never, that they did. I never saw that one. The Adrian Brody. 
one. Uh, no, that's uh, Predators, I believe. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I've missed. I've actually missed out on a lot of Predator. We, of course, did an episode on Predator. So if you haven't heard that and and this piques your interest, definitely go check that out because the story of the making of the first Predator is phenomenal. There's just so many fun uh, little stories there because of the wild cast and and just the whole the, the Predator is just a, the setup in general is just so good. If you, it's really like. You can take the rules of the Predator, you know, the mm-hmm. heat vision thing and, you know, the way that the, the different weapons that we know the Predator for. Like Everybody you can take, loves rules. Everybody yeah. loves something with rules and you can play with those ideas and you can navigate it. And, yeah, and just like, see how they are applied to different situations. And they and it just ta- it turns out. That uh, the rules of the Predator are just as fun when applied to like a crazy 80s action jungle set piece with mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger and team as much as they are applied to a group of indigenous people in, you know, the 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 late 1700s in. I think early 1700s, technically. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, regard, yeah. But either late way, 1700s, time, there'd be a lot more uh, weird Americans running around being like, true. I, I hate taxes. Uh, yeah, 1776. Right. Yeah. So it would have to be. Give me your land. I, right, I hate exactly. taxes. There's no annoying colonists in this movie. Uh, just actually, some, no, wait, there are. The uh, French fur trappers, which is oh, an amazing, right. okay. amazing uh, opportunity to get some like just real. F- I'm I'm gonna say it delightfully f- uh, disgusting white dudes in the mix. <laughs> yeah, for sure. In other words, like fodder. I mean, yeah. we need we need chum right for the predator because we do as much as we want to root for, and you really do want to root for like all of the main characters they introduce in the tribe that is having to deal with this way OP alien <laughs> that is set upon them in their land uh, at this time and, you know, in technology and in every, you know, but um, so of course we've got to get those other guys in there. So because we also want to see the predator fucking light it up and light it up. He does. I mean, and, and again, this was, you know, this is something I've been talking a lot with Jackie lately. I've been a real old man complaining about film length, oh. which we can talk more about when we get to Multiverse of Madness. Um, but yes, the the film um, just is so perfect. It's an hour, 40 minutes. It never, you know, t- uh, uh, feels bloated on any level. It is just absolutely, it gets in there. It sets up the premise. It establishes the characters and it takes you on a ride and it doesn't let you go until the you see the credits at the end. I mean, I love that, man. And I'm really, I know it feels silly to me to be such a fucking cantankerous fucker about this, but as a person who has still not finished the newest season of Stranger Things, who is still struggling to get through that two and a half hour long finale. I was talking to Lexi last night. She was just like, you're such a completionist. Like, I'm struggling so hard to get through even the first hour of that thing is what she said. I was like, hold yes on. All no, you I need also- to know, all you need to, all you need for people to know that you are an insane stickler for completionism and uh, you allow various media properties to just suck away hours of your life like a time vampire. <laughs> Which is one are you going to bring up? <laughs> you 100%ed fucking Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West. <laughs> I did not 100% Horizon Forbidden West. I saw credits to 100% that game would have been a fucking Over the asshole. course of two months. It took so long to just see credits on that game. I know. It's that. 
I'm like, I have a couple games right now that I'm like, I'm just trying to get to the end of it at this point. I'm just kind of struggling to to even turn it on, but I know I have to go back to it and finish it. I am a completionist, but I do want to see where the story goes. And like when Stranger Things is dealing with certain uh, two thirds of the stuff going on with the characters is like really great. And when it's great, it's great. And then there's like the Russia shit and everything. I'm so fucking over. Let's go back to pray. Praise not that pray. I felt was so concise and just so, and I love a movie like that. It reminds me of like, you know, it doesn't have quite as much, you know, crazy uh, uh, twists and turns, but like the thing or something where it's like, here's the situation. This is such a fun underdog mm-hmm. scenario. And I'm just glued to the screen. I, I, it just won't let me go in a way that I had to watch Multiverse of Madness in chunks because of the, it did let me go. I, I need I need to let it go to deal with other things. It's two and a half hours long. But regardless, pray. Jake, give us the take. Give us the Jake takes. I mean, this movie has got like a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's, yeah. There's so little to nitpick here. It was our surefire, essentially, of the three movies we picked. By the way, we picked to uh, talk about uh, Prey, Multiverse of Madness, uh, and um, Minions Rise of Gru. And we'll get there in a little bit. But yes, I agree with you. I mean, but what? Maybe some high points. I genuinely appreciated the unique setting. Uh, the fact that we got a look at like just kind of our main character as she was just operating within a functional Comanche village and uh, all the pressure she was under and how the society worked. And, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of, you know, instead of just being like, girls can't do that. Like you Uh gotta stay in the kitchen. It's like, no, like everybody has a role in the society. You're good at medicine. Like we need Mm -hmm. you to, Stick to the things you're good at. But she wants to be a hunter. She wants to be looked at as a hunter and feels that she has more to offer than being like this medicine medicine man. I was watching with Marie medicine woman and she was yelling at the uh, screen was like, no, seriously, go forage for bread root. That's what you, your tribe actually eats. Like maybe someone (laughs) snags a deer every couple of days, but like that's not enough to live on (laughs) everything about it was it's it's such a down the middle just basic competent movie like every step along the way we see her uh develop her like uh tomahawk with the cord so she can do cool like batman shit with it and we see her practice we see every step along the way where like there's no like deus ex machina thing everything she does uh, circles back to her character strengths as she's a tracker. She's like observant. She like can see the lines between cause and effect. And it all comes together as the action escalates from scene to scene. Um, you, be- I guess, I don't know, man. I just think like the one thing that I was like kind of weirded out by is that the ch- end of the, at the end of the credits, they like teased that there was going to be a sequel set in with the same characters in the same settings. Mm. And I was like, but you just opened like all these possibilities of predators across like time and space and nationalities. Like, yeah, why would you, you know, make this shit Assassin's Creed, ancient Egyptian predator, yeah. uh, French revolution cool. predator. I'm literally just using the settings from Assassin's Creed. Uh, yes, but still, it's that would be super Spartans cool for sure. Versus uh, predator. Like, why not? Yeah. 
I do think it's funny too that the predator is so scary. As somebody tweeted this, was like, for for this like terrifying monster, they always get defeated. Some part of me wants to see at least like the first third of a movie where he actually just devastates a community. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then we cut to you know, uh, uh, sometime in the future after they've rebuilt things or something. And you know what I mean? But it's like, I never get to see hit the predator like fully win. And I kind of want to see that once. I mean, the predator did a pre, he had a good run in this movie. He Great really, run. he punches a bear to death. <laughs> He uh, like takes out a dozen French dudes and a dozen Comanche. <laughs> that scene was so well filmed. Yeah, that was so well done. The camera work on that. It was just like you're also getting some I feel like some really epic kind of new takes on like a predator battle or a predator action scene that I haven't really seen before. It, there was just some it felt fresh. It really did. It felt fresh in a way that I've been yearning for because like even if it, even though that is an an IP that's been around for a while even though it is technically like a sequel of sorts it it just was not like it was just a new and maybe that's kind of what I want more of right now like if we're not going to do superhero stuff I don't think people are into like Indiana Jones adventuring stuff if uncharted was any indication on how that did with the culture but like maybe we need more rambo shit like I'm talking about Rambo one where it's like that. I mean, it's just, it just speaks. I just yeah. love it so much. I just underdog cra- scrappy in a crazy situation. And it takes place over like one night. You know, I just, I'm such a sucker for that. I stuff. think what you're describing is the fact that, uh, you know, movies like predator movies, like the thing movies, like the original alien, uh, were such, uh, psychologically tight, and well-executed movies that also had groundbreaking special effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Predator, of course, Jean-Claude Van Damme as a pink uh, praying mantis monster that got uh-huh. completely deleted from the movie. Uh, and then, for some reason, the only... Not the wor- first time we're going to talk about Jean-Claude Van Damme today, by the way, oh, but yeah. go on. <laughs> you make a very good point. I forgot about that. <laughs> but the spectacle ends up being the only room for growth because... You know, we got Alien and then James Cameron famously wrote Aliens on the whiteboard and just yeah. upped the ante. Right. And we've been in that up the ante cycle for, you know, 30 years that it's we don't even remember. Yes. We don't even remember the original films, these like tight dramas that got people excited for these franchises in the first place. Yeah. I yearn for simplification. I yearn for simpler premises, you know. <laughs> Which uh, I'm guessing I can already tell where you're going for Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> well, I'll just say, like, Jackie really sold me on a recent film that is apparently, like, not necessarily good, but, like, you can kind of laugh along with it. And also it's fun, but it's called The Fall. And it's about a uh, two like like an influencer girl. Um, I love it's actually from a different podcast, Nikki Glazer's podcast. They they refer to them as uh, ledge heads. Mm. It's those people who like to get up on the ledge and take these crazy pictures. And you always hear about these people dying from like falling off. But anyways, they climb up to the very tip top of this crazy like pole at the top of this building or whatever. And then like the ladder thing they're using, it like disengages and they're just like stuck mm. on this thing. Kind of reminds me of the film Frozen. Not 
not the Disney one, but the one where the guys go on the uh, the 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 kids go on the snow lift and they end up stranded and on a snow lift in the middle of the night because like they shut it down or whatever, and that you just watch them try to survive for like one night. I love that shit. I love when it's a simple, very very simple premise, and we just see it play out. I absolutely, and I just, and yeah, exactly. Like if we want to start transitioning into Multiverse of Madness, I do like a lot of things about Multiverse of Madness. Wait, wait, hold it. Before we get into Multiverse of Madness, obviously, I mean, I'm, I don't know which one of us is Siskel and which one of us is Ebert, but we got to give it our official rating. I'm giving it a thumbs up. You're Ebert, by the way. What? I'm Siskel. No. (laughs) Just in body shape. We do, you know nothing of their particular attitudes for this film. <laughs> it stinks. Uh, the Jake Young, uh, yeah, your movie sucks, or rather. Is, no, no, uh, no. I'm Jake absolutely Young. a Jay Sherman, but that's yeah, besides oh, you're the definitely point. definitely a Jay Sherman, yeah. Definitely a giant thumb up. I mean, if I'm going to, of all the movies, it's definitely the, my most highly recommended film uh, for this episode, but not just that. It's also probably my most highly recommended for like, shit I've seen uh, lately like it was a revelation for me I just like uh, you know we have all this bloated stuff and and also it didn't involve kids dealing with magic bullshit which (laughs) between Stranger Things Paper Girls and now there's a new season of Lock and Key and I'm just like we gotta stop guys (laughs) It's got to stop for a little while. It's either superheroes or kids dealing with magic bullshit in the 1980s. And it's like, there's no... No, weird. It's almost like millennials that grew up on Steven Spielberg movies and comic books are now the dominant uh, suburban parent demographic that all these companies have to appeal to. A hundred percent. I give this a huge thumb up. It's just like, clearly... Uh, clearly the, the, the best bang for your buck right now, uh, especially because it doesn't cost, you know, if you have a Hulu account, you just go watch it right now. I, I do say, though, um, this was a movie of uh, definitely of the three movies, including which that includes multiverse. This was the one that I was like, damn, I wish I saw this in the theater. This would have been f- such mm. a fun like, you know, late night movie kind of thing that I, I would have had a blast watching in like New York City at like midnight. If I saw it in the theater, I'd probably be like, why does that CGI snake look so janky? For some reason, the streaminess <laughs> get, let me forgive a lot of the budget shortcomings. Oh, true. Yeah, that snake was fun. Yeah, that was good times. Um, all right, let's move on to um, Multiverse of Madness is our second film, mm-hmm. filmic experience that we discussed watching. Uh, Jake had already seen it. I know we're a little late on this, but it'd been something I'd been wanting to watch, and I just felt like it would be a good thing to talk about because it is where we are at right now with superhero bullshit. You know, I know we've got the She-Hulk show coming out. I don't think that really, though, is like the centerpiece. I mean, the 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 multiverse... There's literally a fucking video game just came out called Multiverses. Mm-hmm. Fortnite just got fucking Goku doing a, uh, you know, doing a Kamehameha to to get a, uh, you know, to get a ba- battle royale victory. He can, he can also do the Dougie. He, and he can also do the Dougie. Everyone right now, it's all about the multiverse in every facet of entertainment. And Marvel... You know, I think it's obviously they have their finger on the pulse and this is the direction that would probably be the most lucrative and you look at everything. And it's interesting, man. I don't even know how to feel about it at this point. The mass mixture of IP that's going on that's just this like 
I mean, it feels very cynical. It feels very, you know, it just feels very like this is what they want. They just want to see the shit they like all mashed up together in this weird ass way that just makes you go like, whoa, Professor Xavier's it. But he's from the other movie. You know what I mean? I will say when I first saw uh, Patrick Stewart do his little cameo thing, I was like, okay, way to pander. And then they fucking chime in with the na 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 And it's the yellow dumb hover wheelchair. Yes. And a fucking part of my brain just lit I up know. and I could only feel an emotion that most would call joy. And I'm- People like rules- and I actually turned like, behind to the person uh, in the row behind me on the uh, in the theater, and I pointed at the screen, and I did like a oh, and he was, <laughs> and then he did that to the person behind them, and all of us neckbeards were just like oh, that's so they of did course. the thing, they did the thing indeed, um, and uh, I mean we've already spoiled the movie partly, so just know obviously we're going to be. Sp- getting into spoilers about multiverse Holden, you were the last person within the sphere it. of people that listen to this show <laughs> i was kind of blown away that i hadn't watched yet or like if you haven't watched this point i highly doubt you care about spoilers. i even remembered as i was watching oh right i was already told that spoiler like the john krasinski as reed richards mr fantastic first of all do you think john krasinski will be mr yeah. fantastic as mr. absolutely fantastic? absolutely BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Why haven't they just announced that yet? Like, why are they even keeping that? Like, it's this. Like anything else in the Marvel Universe, I'm sure uh, they're just waiting on the right treatment. I'm sure they're just like working the angles. Uh huh. You know, they don't like go ahead until they have a solid director and an angle and everything lined up. Uh, It's. Also, Fantastic Four is a hard nut to crack. Like as much as people, oh my, apparently get Jesus. wistful for like Marvel's first family and all this. The fact is, uh, and I've said this before, they're very much of their time. To do the Fantastic Four right, you basically have to agree to make the most expensive movie mm. ever made for a franchise that actually doesn't have. You know, there aren't like suburban dads going to their kids soccer game in a Mr. Fantastic t-shirt. There yeah. aren't like kids that grew up with a fantastic car right next to their Batmobiles. Like, so it's, it's, this, it's this challenging thing where it's like, it's very much of its time. So I think the debate there is like, do you try to bring the vibe of the, of what it was into the modern age? Or do you try to like totally update, modernize the, the situation, the, the, 
the stories and everything and make it like, in other words, like make it, it just make it a new thing. I mean, you know? the best idea is just to have it be the 1960s version and have them yeah. just show up and be like, what do you mean you can't stop burning stuff to save the earth? Like, what right, do you mean right. you stop going to space? What do you mean? Uh, like, yeah, no, that I feel like that would be one way to do it. That'd be fun. Like a, like a Brady Bunch movie type yeah. of thing, oh, which would actually be great. Be great. Yeah, be totally. Great. So get, Ring wrestling this fucking podcast back to the topic at hand. I'm going to say I really enjoyed Multiverse of Madness, despite the length, despite the multiverse stuff, despite the fan service, uh, specifically because it was directed by Sam Raimi. Yes. And there is tons of gonzo shit in this movie that you will never see in any other MCU movie. Yeah, every time this movie was a Sam Raimi movie, like every time it felt like a Sam Raimi movie, I was in love with it. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. But I do have bones to pick and I do do not love everything about the movie. I think partly because almost because of WandaVision. I felt like we have already been here and done this with her relationship with her, the the grief over her kids. We've already processed it and we didn't really do it anything in any new way here. Oh, they literally do a they basically do a jump cut where, you know, they're on the apple orchard and then they just like do a JK. She's actually already evil. And it's yeah. and then they just she's just the bad guy. So I almost wonder if I would have felt different if I hadn't seen uh, WandaVision. But it's like because I had, which is what they, I think, want you to do mm-hmm. going into this movie. I'm like, I've already processed this. We as an audience have already processed this story. And there's just nothing really new being added. And the entire time, everyone's like, your kids wouldn't approve of this. And you know that. And she's like, just not hearing that. And then it's like, she, finally, she gets it because her own kids actually see it. But I'm kind of like... But you knew that. No, but she opened the book of do evil things for no reason book. Uh-huh. And then it takes until then for her to be like, what if the book that compels you to do evil stops compelling me now? Right, and, and, right. Because the power of friendship and love. <laughs> so, yeah. And all that stuff, again, was not the stuff that was like, you know, it was like they straight up do like evil dead shit in this mm-hmm. movie, which I am not opposed to. And I was like really thrilled to see it, especially after kind of getting through those. And that is the Russia of this movie, right? Is all wow. of this stuff with her kids. Like Stranger that is, Things is doing a number to you, man. I'm just mad at how obviously like a waste of time there a lot of the stuff in there is, and I'm not really seeing a lot of people talk about that. And it does kind of piss me off that like everyone just is like, this season's so good. It's better than all it's like the best season since season one. And and while I do kind of think that's true, it's egregious how fucking bloated it is. And it, it like may, it frustrates me that we don't have a higher standard for what it, what is supposed to be like the biggest cultural phenomenon in media right now, outside of superhero shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I just don't, I feel like we should have higher standards for our media and they should respect the audience more. When I feel disrespected as an audience member, I get annoyed. And I felt kind of disrespected as an audience member when it came to just like how much needless, fucking hours of shit is in that season. But going back to Multiverse of Madness, the, the uh, you know, I think th- th- for the most part, I liked it. One thing I couldn't get out of my head, and I wonder if you feel this way at all, uh, Jackie, who's like a really fun person to get a take on a superhero movie because, you know, her, her fiance, you know, Jeff is like really into the, 
you know, all the Marvel stuff and is, is like into the whole, all the different, you know, all that watches the shows and watches and definitely had bones to pick that were about continuity and, and things, contradictions and things like that. And she was sitting there afterwards just being like, I just thought like that musical, that music note part was dumb as fuck. Mm -hmm. And she like told me about this musical note part. And I'm kind of thinking like, well, we'll see it. Maybe I'll like, Oh different. that was a weak point in the movie. Dumb. That, that I, I really kind of, yeah, I can't get past it. I mean, I can absolutely get past it because they make four up for it like almost immediately after. And every other like battle or big special effects moment felt like at times breathtaking. I thought that opening of the film in like the, what do you even call that place? The like twisted time The mirror space, dimension or whatever. Or whatever. I was like, wow, this looks incredible on my television. Like, this is fucking wild looking. Like, I can't, I'm, I've seen a lot of CGI, and it is a CGI smorgasbord, but like, I've seen a lot of shit in my day, and this is kind of blowing me away how cool this looks and like the coloration and just, it just looks, it's just great. I mean, there's a couple of moments where America is like their universe hopping, like in rapid succession. And yes, you just that see part two. That was insane, super cool. Uh, the, everybody's talking about the uh, paint universe that's on yeah. screen for like a couple of seconds. The Splatoon universe is yes. what I call it. And that is genuinely visually thrilling. Um, the first Doctor Strange movie did a lot of that as well. Um, and, it, you know, there's individual set pieces that I really enjoyed. The showdown at Comertage with all the wizards, like, holding the line was yeah, really taut. Yeah, that was awesome, man. That Benedict was really Wong cool looking. is incredible. I re- Every As time always. he's on screen, I'm, like, so happy to see him. I did I just- great with him. And, and they put him in a really good spot to showcase him as he mm-hmm. had to deal with Scarlet Witch kind of solo for a long time. That was really cool. The ending, like you said, with the demons and the zombie Doctor Strange and all this stuff is so great. Classic, uh, classic Sam Raimi. Uh, you know, the and then there is moments like the music note fight where like the movie was already at a clip. We're in this like uh-huh. limbo space that we don't even have to be at. It's just another obstacle after we've already been like held in place by a bunch of other obstacles there is like a piano and there's like vague things that if you were paying attention, you were supposed to be like, oh, this is the musical Doctor Strange, but they did nothing to establish it. Okay, because I was like, there's some rule here I'm missing that makes it so that this is like what has to happen, but it's felt just random as shit like, for sure. I, maybe if he had him just like sing or something. That would be like mm. a memorable gag and it would establish yeah, yeah. what makes We're this We're in universe. the musical universe. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And then they can have a big music fight. But the way this was kind of put together, which is weird because uh, the Bob Murawski is the editor of uh, a bunch of Sam Raimi's movies. And he does like really good. He did the original Spider-Man trilogy trilogy with Sam Raimi. He did uh, the Hurt Locker. Like he has good movies behind his belt. So either it was like weird uh you know mcu fiddling or something but it was paced kind of odd what the scarlet witch can and cannot be slowed down by is always like in flux where like Uh she can like one shot all these cosmic characters or like no there's a door and like the doors slow her down yep yeah it's all kind of uh all over the place but when it comes down to it the Illuminati universe with the uh, all these like weird 
uh, side characters and alternate universe characters uh, from Marvel history coming together. I, I I really love it. That stuff was great. I thought again, and also big shout out to uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch who who has to put on a lot of hats in this movie, like almost literally like being these different versions of strange. And I thought that he did a great job as I didn't even think about it because it was so well done that I didn't even think about how he was being all these different people and how that was such a fun acting exercise for him or being all these different versions of the he same person. Did finally managed to wrangle his American accent to a relatively <laughs> flat affect. If you watch the first doctor strange, he's uh-huh. like, this weird Boston cowboy man. Which is funny exist. because on the other side of that, Elizabeth Olsen had to do this kind of weird Romanian accent. Uh, and that's completely gone now. And they've just let her oh, be. Sokovia. You mean her Sokovian accent? Yeah, whatever it was. Like, yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Now she, we're just except that she just completely dropped every bit of dialect. She just spent enough time, I guess, in America or whatever to drop every every ounce of dialect she she once had from the old country. I know you you have you make a very good point about. Uh, the Scarlet Witch's motivations and how, like, isn't this all stuff we already dealt with in WandaVision? What does this mean if I invested this time into WandaVision? Yeah, they just didn't elevate it. Like, it's like, I think the job there is to take what you've got, what you already uh, took in from the show. These are supposed to be companions, right? They're supposed to build off of each other, but it just felt like it was just more of the same. That being said, having Scarlet Witch for seemingly no reason and for issues that she'd already resolved in previous uh, stories, just go nuts and start killing everybody uh-huh. is very true to the comics. And I think they did a good job of estab- outside of the door fallacy that you brought up. I think mm. they did a really good job of finally establishing just how terrifying that character and her powers mm. are. Like, because I know that she is, you know, if you look up like who's the most powerful mm-hmm. person in the Marvel cinematic or in the Marvel universe or whatever, like she's always up top. She, if not, if she's not number one, she's in the top like three, you know, I mean, her powers are that scary. And I think this is the first time they finally like fully established just how scary she can be. And we needed some of that like ultra violence that Sam Raimi can bring into the picture to demonstrate that in a way that still works in like a Marvel movie. They dance, they towed the line, I think really well on the violence stuff that, you know, because there are people there to see a Sam Raimi movie, you mm-hmm. know, and and I think they did a good job of like towing that line and, and giving us that stuff while, while not pushing it too hard. But yeah, every time I was watching a Sam Raimi movie, I was like having the best fucking time ever. And every time it was like, trying to give me this fucking, you know, trying to build on this cinematic universe phase three thing that they're doing. And like, it was like kind of obvious when that was happening and, you know, or they're trying to get us emotionally connected to a thing that we, they've just already beaten us over the head with, with Mm -hmm. WandaVision and everything up to this point. It was just like that, you know, and, and, and there you go. I mean, it's the same thing, you know, as the stranger things conversation, I just feel like it's the same thing where I'm like, we've, I'm, I'm laying it out. This is how this movie can be two hours, you know, and it just like just and maybe my complaint would have been like they didn't spend enough time on the kids stuff. If like I did see the two hour version of this, but I honestly feel like, you know, these uh, no none of these unless it's a Tarantino film. I don't know. 
I don't think any of these movies need to be more than two hours. Like, I don't, may, unless it is their fucking Avenger, like their big Avengers one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see that. There's so many characters involved. There's so many storylines that have to play out. Like, I get that being two and a half hours, but like, it, I, I'm kind of get, just getting, I'm just getting kind of sick of these movies having, like, always being two and a half hours. And we're not just talking about Marvel movies here. We're talking about like, just anything. Well, even Nope is two and a half hours long. And I just don't. And from what I've heard, it's like, it just doesn't need to be, mm. you know, it kind of repeats itself. It, it, it kind of, it, you know, where us kind of was too vague. Nope. Like again, beats you over the head, you know, with what it's getting across. And it's like, and I haven't seen it yet. So I'm talking mm. completely out of my ass about Nope. but all, regardless, like, I just think, you know, horror movies and comedies need to be an hour and a half long, give or take. Big action movie, Marvel movie, whatever. Two hours, man. Like, come on. Like, respect the the audience. It really feels like... uh, So, the movie basically revolves around four key set pieces. There's the opening fight with the not Shumagorath. Yeah. The legally distinct from Shumagorath, because technically that's a uh, character from uh, Lovecraft. Uh There's the uh, showdown at Kamertaj. There's the Illuminati sequence, and then there's the uh, music fight universe thing, <laughs> and then there's the final like crazy demon fight at Mount yeah. Wondergore, and yeah. we really could lose that entire uh, music universe sequence. It does yeah. not add anything. It is everybody just kind of spinning the wheels while like the whole time, uh, you know. Uh, uh, Scarlet Witch is just like, oh, she's doing more spooky stuff. She's getting closer mm-hmm. to the spooky thing. Mm-hmm. And it just is is kind of, it artificially inflates the length of the movie. But even with that weakness, I can't, I enjoyed my time spent with this movie. Yeah, because Sam, the st- I'm everything. I, I'm actually kind of glad I didn't see in the theater. I liked watching it. Cut. A, I watched an hour, then an hour, then a half an hour. And oh, that worked better for me. And I, you know, I just, I, that's how I, and it, I mean, by, by just my schedule and everything, that's how I had to watch it. But I do feel like that was a better way to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I don't think that's the way a movie should be enjoyed, <laughs> but I'm still going to give it a thumb up. Yeah. Oh, so that is a thumbs up. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I love Sam Raimi. I, the, the, the pros outweigh the cons for me. I would love to see like a different cut of that movie. You know what I mean? And the other thing I would cut out is just like, just you can just establish at the very beginning that Scarlet Witch has completely lost herself to her grief, mm-hmm. and we don't have to constantly be having conversations with her. Your kids wouldn't approve of this. Why are you doing? You know what I mean? We don't. We don't need to keep establishing her, her the level of her grief. We can. I think we can establish that up top and establish also that she's like not mentally sound mm-hmm. due to everything that's happened, and then we can just go up until the point where she like breaks. You know. And that that that's the other thing I would cut, but I'm still gonna give it a thumbs up. I I still I still uh, yeah the pros outweigh the cons for sure. I still enjoyed what what the the good stuff. I would say I'm giving it an enthusiastic thumbs up, despite 
some pacing issues. I it is more memorable and in but from where I'm sitting, more enjoyable. I think because of the influence of Sam Raimi and Danny Elfman doing the music, which I distinctly uh-huh. remember enjoying the music more in this movie than previous Marvel movies. Yeah, and I didn't really, I saw his name pop and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that makes sense." But I enjoyed it more than Captain America 1. I enjoyed it more than mm. Iron Man 3. I enjoyed it more than Thor the Dark World, like there's a lot of movies. I enjoyed it more than, uh, was it Spider-Man Far From Home? Like there's... There's a lot of movies. Yeah, and it's almost a Ragnarok. If if they had cut that extra fat out, it would have totally, I think, been a Ragnarok mm-hmm. level th- affair. But that doesn't. That's not going to stop me from giving it a thumbs up. But yeah, definitely not an enthusiastic one. But you know, it's definitely the kind of movie. Like now that I've seen it, this movie will happily live on the background while I'm like cleaning the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's gonna have that. Just, just folding laundry with uh Winnie just like in the baby swing, and just like you're watching Peggy Carter get sawed in half, and you're just like, <laughs> Yeah, this is great. This is a great movie. <laughs> well, all right, let's get into it. The last film to talk about. The only one I took active notes while watching this movie um was kind of a fascination for me. Mm-hmm. I I've I've been doing this a lot lately where I'm like, what? I want to watch this thing that's like not for me. That's like we just did for page seven. We did a watch along to the first high school musical movie. Mm-hmm. It was like it didn't come out when it would have been a thing for me. It is, you know, but now as a guy about to turn 40 who like has opinions about, you know, comedy or musicals or whatever, you know, I, I, I I'm so curious to see what the draw is. Or what, like, why this thing is so, and especially Minions, man, because we're talking about Minions Rise of Gru. Minions is such a weird thing. I now am convinced we need to do a Wizard of the Bruiser on Minions mm-hmm. just because of the cultural impact it's had. Like, I'm I'm talking about the weird fucking boomer memes mm-hmm. on Facebook. And, oh, you know, and of course, for this movie specifically, uh, our nation's theaters were run amok by impeccably dressed teens doing the hashtag gentle minions what you didn't hear about this no there were groups of teens uh, built on like various memes that showed up to uh minions rise of Gru in suits and like threw bananas at the screen and caused a ruckus theaters like some of them banned anybody in full evening like attire other people like other theaters had specific gentle minion screenings for them to show up to that is Hilarious. Because these, like, these are the kids that grew up uh, with the original Despicable Me. Yeah. Like, you know, this franchise has been around for a while now. This is the sixth film, the second prequel to come out in the franchise, uh, the Despicable Me franchise. And um, another funny part for me was like watching the sixth film and a prequel. Uh, without any context whatsoever. I've never seen a Despicable Me movie. Have you, Jake? Have Is this the first Minions joint? I watched the original Despicable Me, I think in the theaters when it came out because I read some good reviews and I am a fucking weirdo who loves animation. Sure. And it had a lot of charm. Um, the earlier uh, Illumination movies, which they did all those Dr. Seuss uh, adaptations, um, I never watched, I didn't see like the Lorax or, uh, what was it? Horton Hears a Who I didn't, or the Grinch, uh, 
I didn't see any of those, but I was genuinely impressed by the original Despicable Me. Steve Carell did a great job as this like vaguely Eastern European grew villain. It's so funny. I realized too, I was like, when did Borat come out? Oh, I don't know. It is so, well, it came out, um, I think three years before or so before Despicable Me. I feel like it is such a like, it's not a direct one-to-one Borat impression, but it's, a- it's absolutely aping on the like, I have a weird accent that you can't quite pin down. That's just like quirky and makes everything a little bit funnier just by the way that I say sentences. You know what I mean? And I, I do feel like it's like without Borat, I don't know if we have this Gru character. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There was just a little bit of subversive humor uh, in the original one. And, uh, you know, it was about this like. And in this one, we get a don't tase me, bro reference in 2022. Okay, so (laughs) I know you have thoughts. I know you have Uh, thoughts. And let me just throw this out there. It was not a good movie. It was not high art. It was not a great example of animation. It was not a great example of. Uh, really anything worthwhile in terms of storytelling, maybe in physical gag comedy. Um, there was a lot of Chinese market bait that I noticed, which was ironic because the movie- Had that Asian bond opening. Um, uh, you've got the, yeah, you've got the, uh, the master, the the martial arts master, uh, yeah, Chow. The whole yeah. uh, finale revolves around the Chinese New Year and the Chinese Zodiac. The movie was initially banned in China because, huh. uh, which happens a lot, there was background characters that suggested a same-sex romance. Uh, and so it was initially banned. I think they cut it out and the movie will be released in China. But even without China, the movie has made a billion dollars this year. I'm sure, yeah. This is... I. Yeah. That, so all that being said, with all the criticisms you're about to throw out against this movie, the depths and horrors of like <laughs> low effort children CG movies, yeah. like Marmaduke on Netflix is something uh-huh. I like took a peek at just because I had seen so many like, holy shit, this is bad reviews. And I like scrubbed through it. R- unbelievably terrible like actual poison for yeah that's mines. the reason why this wins right but but i'm not gonna like shit on the the product necessarily i'm gonna more shit on or not shit on even i'm gonna more talk about my personal mm. i hate uh go on finish your thought and then i'll so, get into it in a world where like i wish everything had the same thought and care and heart that something like turning red or uh encanto or moana or 
the original Toy Story movies. Like, you know, I I would love everything to reach those heights. Right. Uh, even stuff, Sony Animation has been doing incredible things with uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse and uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Mitchells versus the Machines, incredible CG kids movie. Um, the fact is, it's just inoffensive. It's just like in terms of like it is technically competent. The like scenes go from A to B. Like the characters, the minions are like vaguely endearing. I found them less annoying than they've been in previous movies. Uh, even weird pitch shifted uh, Steve Carell as Gru, which like if you're paying for Steve Carell, why do that weird chipmunk vocal effect on him? Just because he's a kid, just make him sound like a weird old man. Make a joke about it. Um, it could be so much worse. Like children's entertainment, especially in this inoffensive global uh, scope, is so bad that I like if movies if this was the worst these kinds of movies could be, we'd be lucky. And that's why it wins out for so many families and stuff, right? Because it's just like, well, if we're going to have to suffer this. We might as well do it on, uh, you know, on something like this where it is like, uh, you know, a, a decent effort was put into it. The, there's some really good visual set pieces. And all I was really going to start with was just like I and I'm kind of bracing myself for this as a parent of a one year old who's about to be enjoying this kind of stuff. I it kid, uh, hu- comedy shit for kids grates on me really hard. Mm. I fucking hate it. Like I hate I just, I'm trying to pinpoint like some of the stuff like that. Like one thing, okay, for, for, it's just like how random the minions are and how like spazzy and crazy they are. And they're just so, there's just these crazy scamps and they're always farting and, you know, fucking making, I mean, you know, they annoying. will say like pee pee poo poo. Like, it's, yeah. And they'll like annoy, you know, it's annoyance uh, comedy. You know what I mean? It's the comedy of annoyance, which is hilarious because I feel like people describe a lot of my comedy stylings as that. <laughs> I was, I, what, I wasn't going to say it. And maybe but that's it what it is. Maybe I'm like putting the mirror up to my face or like one. Uh, here's a note I took. This is the only one I took notes on dancing to funky town bit is so annoying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's the dancing baby. It's like, you know, I remember growing up, like again, talking about my dad being like, uh, and movies like, I remember the, what was it? It was the trailer for happy feet. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like penguins dancing to like, I like to mob it, mob it. Oh no, that's Madagascar. Ha- people actually like happy feet. Happy feet actually is, uh, has happy a, feet though also had like who let the dogs out as the, and mm-hmm. it's like them dancing, but whatever. It, that is such low hanging, dumb, lame comedy fruit. I fucking hate shit like that. It's like, isn't it hilarious that they're dancing to this song? Like instead of, training it's just another another bit i want to die is like when it was the acupuncture scene uh before the acupuncturist like brought the minions in or whatever and and there's someone doing something very serious inside and out the window there's all this crazy shit going Mm. on how many times must we suffer that bit i've seen that bit in 20 fucking thousand it's just the recycling of lazy cheap humor and then of course like uh don't tase me bro reference like that's what we're gonna do he said don't cheese me bro he said don't cheese me bro because Gru was shooting cheese at people yeah he also the uh a hack gag that i uh rolled my eyes at was uh baby grew eating ice cream in front of a bunch of fat people at the gym and they were like oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just, it's so, and I get the kids, but kids find it hilarious. So it's like, I'm being the like fucker here, but I just, this, I guess I'm just more lamenting that like, I think I'm about to really have to deal with a lot of this Mm -hmm. and not like shit all over it. And like, I hate, I just, it just grates me. And it's hard for me to put my finger on like what grates me so much about it. But like, cause you care about comedy and there is not that much. It's just lazy. In terms of written jokes, yeah, the sh- the movie is extremely lacking. I will give you that. There is tons of very well executed physical comedy in the movie. Yeah, you mentioned Michelle Yeoh's uh, kung fu acupuncturist lady. There's a little sequence where she's like fighting the minions using the acupuncture needles in her client as like little joysticks. That was cool. And that, that was, was cool. that was fun. There's a scene where the minions are being chased, and I uh, believe, and in, in their language, they call it. Uh, Fanpanpisco. Uh huh. And at one point they realize they're cylindrical, so they just lie on their side and roll down the hill to escape. And I found that uh-huh. very clever. Yeah. The character designs for the Vicious Six, which is the antagonist of the movie, Enjoy that. are very fun. There's Nunchucks, the nun who fights with Nunchucks. Uh huh. What was it? Iron- Voiced by Lucy Lawless, by the way. I just was uh, pleasantly surprised to see that Jean Claude, which is this lobster claw, having a French guy with a lobster French claw. guy, uh, is actually voiced by Jean Claude Van Damme. And mm-hmm. all, I love how unlike him the character looks. The character mm-hmm. has a big silly nose, and he just he looks so like goofy and not mm-hmm. at all hard and scary. And I thought that was a fun choice for having you know Jean Claude Van Damme voice him. And I mean it's. There's not a lot there. No. It really is like, here's the thing. Eventually, you don't have to watch these movies with Winnie. Right. You can just like. Put it on and like, but well, but I'll have to take her to the movie theater. And what are we going to watch? We're going to watch stuff like this. I, you know, I think it's You know what it is? It's not the movie that's going to make you pissed off. You're going to be in the theater and uh, right. someone and the kids like loving it or the kids, screaming no, along no, no. to it. The kids are going to be loving it and you're going to be like, oh, that's cute. And then somebody is going to uh, do a very dumb throwaway, throwaway line like we call it the minion shuffle. And like the parents are going to laugh. And you're going right. to hate those parents. And I wrote down, this mo- This movie is made for boomers to take their grandkids to. Oh. Especially because it is set in the 1970s. It is all, it's not even jokes for the parents. It's jokes for the grandparents. Yeah. That make the fucking shitty alt-right fucking Facebook memes and shit. And, you know, all that kind of stuff that, that gets lampooned on Facebook. Uh, I you didn't know, put or two I'm and two together. On Reddit, by the way. Yeah. Holy shit, Holden. I did not put that together because besides children who are the biggest fans of the Minions, yes. goddamn boomers. Boomer and old. that's why there's a bunch of Linda Ronstadt and disco like jokes yes. in this movie. And, and because it's all set in the 70s and I resented. Oh, right. Holy I wrote down, shit. I did. Holden, you nailed it. You fucking then, cracked Jake, the I code. wrote down. I wrote that down. And then I wrote this note down right after that. Right after writing down that that was for Boomers. Right after that, I got to I see a bad Gru. On the rise, uh, a credence. I see a bad crew. I'm, I'm like, who is that for? No kid is there for that, and no parent of that kid is there for that. That is for I. Uh, I see the the fucking Florida granddad in my head. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just and, and I and, and so it's associating me with a group of people on Facebook that I fucking hate because of all those mm-hmm. minion memes that I see get posted on like worst of Facebook subreddits, you know? With just like 
poorly compressed JPEGs, like yes. memes that have been shared and re-downloaded so often. A shitty it, take about trans people, and there's just a minion there. And I I'm may like, slam I my own balls in the car door, but at least I don't vote liberal. And then it's just right. one of the minions looking sassy. Yeah, it's just it's such a weird. And that's why I want to do an episode on it because the cultural impact's just so bizarre. And I don't think any of the people involved in the making of these movies have that as an intention. But um, a couple more things about this movie. I did write Slime Hand down because it definitely was playing to those slime hands mm-hmm. that we all knew and loved growing up. Um, uh, the biker in the movie is Riza, which is fun to know as you're watching it. The biker that takes him. Uh, burping at the trucker is another annoying bit mm-hmm. where the, he gets the trucker to do the sound and then the minion goes and like has this big burp. And it's like the most annoying kid joke that I, I can just see the kids loving that joke. And it just annoys me probably because I... Wish I was making more money making jokes like that, and I'm just not. Um, the clock torture device is pretty cool. The idea of a man getting ripped in half by being attached oh, to the yeah, hands of the clock. Oh, yeah, there's a solid five minutes where Baby Gru is in visible agony as his ligaments are being ripped apart by a giant clock. I thought that was very intense. And then I wrote, oh, that can't always get what you want funeral. Again, if you want a, another, this is for boomers who whose favorite movie is The Big Chill mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, I could not believe that fucking can't always get what you want. And of course, too, also, of course, the guy can't die. We have to, we we can never push that envelope. And especially in a movie like this, it might get done in a Pixar film. But of course, the guy That's who the just could have, should have died. The Pixar movie will be like, right. uh, the old people in your life will die before you get used to right. it. <laughs> but instead, in this one, it's like, no, he's actually, it's just like, we couldn't even linger on the idea of his death for more than like two seconds mm-hmm. before we had to bring him back. The cuteness ending where they all did the cute eyes at the guy mm-hmm. to get him. I just was just, I don't know, annoyed the shit out of me. But I will say that Tame Impala credit song, is nice mm, with uh, uh, Donna Summer. A good track, yeah. With Donna Summer, it's very nice. But all that said, I'm definitely giving it a thumbs down, and I'm definitely dreading having to like because I don't want to shit on if my daughter finds a minion movie to be really funny and awesome and the coolest ever. I really don't want to shit on that, but it's going to be hard. I'm going to have to really just button it, and I'm not looking forward to uh, that uh, in the future. Like, super duper not. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I think this what? was actually an improvement over the last movie, which didn't have uh, Steve Carell as Gru, or maybe he had it. It was, it was like just the Minions the whole time in the first Minions movie. Uh, I really don't think they can carry. It, they're too annoying. They're too stupid. Like the, you can't actually no, have them be so the main annoying. characters. I hate the comedy of like annoyance and the comedy of like spazziness as it did gears towards kids. I like annoyance. Like when it's done, you know, like Ace Ventura or something like that. I think when it's done on a little bit bluer, more adult level, I can hang. But when it's like when it's so annoyingly for kids, I just I've it grates. Try and watch the first five minutes of that Marmaduke movie with Pete Davidson. I should check it out. And you will come running back to Minions Rise of Gru as like the sweet oasis that it actually yeah, I'm so is. So curious is it like the media when he's going to get into that I'm going to just you fucking You really hate. have to like keep an eye on it cuz there is some yeah. actual like soul melting bullshit out there. <laughs> also, the minions when the first trailer came out all the way back in like 2016-2017, I clocked 
that the, they had to literally within minions lore make an excuse why they weren't around for Hitler. <laughs> and everybody said, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did your brain go there? It's just a kid's movie. You're fucking psycho. I, I want to so watch much that movie pushback. so bad. I want to watch that movie so every bad. Every fucking Gen Z or think on TikTok thinks they're so clever being like, hey, have you noticed in the original Minions movie that they had to like suspiciously disappear from the year 1920 to 1960? That's because they didn't want to talk about how they'd be on Hitler's side in World War II. <laughs> I mean, I, I said that first. It's just such a shit show. The whole Minion thing. I'm, I definitely want to get more into it. It's, it's, We'll do an episode someday. I mean, Illumination is fascinating because we've covered DreamWorks animation. We've yeah. covered uh, Pixar. I would love to do one on Sony animation or at least Into the Spider-Verse when the uh, sequel to that comes out. But Illumination is their own fucking thing. They yeah. don't go overblown with the budgets. Like this movie costs like a third of what the last Pixar movie cost. And Lightyear was pan. Nobody liked that movie. Um, they market the shit out of them. They just like have this system for international, inoffensive, competently animated movies. They're just and they're wildly successful. And, you know, and again, it's it speaks to the same thing where I talk about. Yeah, people I snub. I hate nothing more than when, when like I'm sitting around with people watching TV, like a Super Bowl or maybe Super Bowl is different because the commercials are like a big part of it. But sitting around in a mundane scenario with like family and people you don't wouldn't normally like choose to hang out with, not like my direct family. Mm -hmm. I love my direct family. You yeah, know what I mean? I Extended exactly family members. And they all start talking about the different things they think are funny in commercials. Mm -hmm. It's, it's that I, I fucking, it's so, it makes me depressed. It's like the mundanity of like, like living just comes out at me in that moment of like, oh, I remember when the frog said, what's up? You know what I mean? Or whatever. You're just like, I want to jump off a bridge. Like, I can't. I, I hate this so much. Like, I hate, you know, I, and again, it's a contrarian in me. But like, I just hate a, a lot of times things that like everybody is like, oh, this fucking, you know, this rabbit is so hilarious. You know, oh. I don't know. God. Oh, you know that uh, fucking Mel Brooks, like, uh, Pause of Fury movie came out and, like, nobody gave a fuck. It's so. Yeah. The world of children's animation is dark and Illumination <laughs> is probably the, like, least offensive version of I know. it. And that, uh, I, 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 my heart aches for what your life is going to be in the next few <laughs> I know. Years. I know, but there's some highlights too. Everyone's screaming about this Bluey show and, and that gives me hope, but yeah, it's, but anyways, I hope you enjoyed our little trip to the movies. We'll be back with normal, uh, Wizard and the Bruiser Epis, uh soon. We're taking a little vacation here, so we record a slightly, slightly evergreen. I guess it is movies that just came out, but still something we could record ahead of time and not have to do a, a week of uh, intense research for. Just watch a few movies for. We'll be back though uh, with the regular stuff uh, next week. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, I mean, what should we just call it right now? We've got uh, patreon.com forward slash whizbrew weekly bonus episodes for five dollars a month. Uh, for fifteen dollars a month, you can join us for our Sunday study sessions where we cover whatever we're researching that week. I think we're just going to be doing movie watch alongs for the next little couple weeks. Um, but still, and then uh, check me out twitch.tv forward slash holdenators ho uh, Monday, Tuesday, Friday streams. Jake, follow me on Twitter at best Jake Young. Get little clips of uh, research from the week as I prepare for each episode. And follow me on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, uh, Puppet Jared, that's my VTuber channel. Uh, the flagship stream is the Thursday night cartoon dumpster. 
uh, 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube over at the Puppet Jared channel. It's a good hang. Cartoons from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s that are so bewilderingly weird that not even the copyright ID systems uh, give a shit that I'm airing them. <laughs> it's a good hang. If you like the show, you will enjoy that stream. Always, people come on out. They say like, hey, I'm checking it out because you mentioned it on the podcast and you were right. This is fucking fun as shit. I'm enjoying myself. Jake, you were right. I'm going to check it out every week. It's it's a growing community of uh, equally delightful weirdos and you should be a part of it. I love it. Loving the fan art too coming in on that Puppet Jared <laughs> stuff. All right. And always remember, never stop bruising. And keep on whizzing and I'll be whizzing on you at the movies. All right. What? Please, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.